Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Okay, well, it says that I'm live. Uh, good evening, everybody, those who are tuning in. Uh, I am Jacob Daniel, uh, host of the Daniel 3 podcast. Um, I'm, uh, again, doing a <laughs> impromptu show where I just invite a bunch of people last minute because uh, my scheduled episode um, uh, didn't happen because, I don't know, I guess I'm, I, I must be like the guy who shows up at the restaurant and the girl shows up and sees that he's ugly and leaves or something. I don't know. <laughs> um keep getting stood up or something but it's okay i got um i got my boys here and they're um they're gonna uh make me feel better as i uh cry over ice cream and um and and stuff because i'm because I'm, I'm so ugly and rejected um first person i'm gonna bring in is um my buddy adam adam how you doing tonight brother yo what's going on <laughs> i've not seen you in your uh this is, is this like your home setup i guess yeah this is my house uh, I'm not going down to Philly. So, <laughs> whom I am? <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, next person I'm going to bring on um, is my good friend Jose. How you doing today, Jose? Doing all right. What's up? We're gonna do you like Halle Berry and Monster Ball. Make me feel good. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're gonna fuck him on a couch. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> God. And then there's um Lord Brown of uh, Scotland. Oh, that's Caleb. I was like, oh, God, no. All right. No, no this, this, is, this is trash. <laughs> uh, what, are you, what are you doing to me? <laughs> well, believe it or not, I was I was reading the book from our future president. <sighs> dude, uh, dude. It's a fantastic book, by the way. You, you Every been, chapter. You've been part Every of the GOP for less than a week, and you already went, like, full, like, full ass yeah. in. That was a little known fact. That was ghostwritten by the Texas governor. So. <laughs> That's awesome. That's every book, every chapter is amazing. It's like literally every chapter is everyone in Sarge sucks. I'm awesome. I won't cut social security. That's like every chapter. And I, I fucking love it. I mean, here's our GOP I got. I got the T-set, bro. Let's do it. And I bought a bunch of crap merch for this bit. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're doing... So who who all Caleb who are you having on your show next month for your like Hoppian month? Your uh, Hoppian and Paleo month, right? And post libertarian. I'm having um just the full Bowtie retard Kassler. month to be an easier name. Oh, absolutely. No. <laughs> it's gonna be a retard a circle jerk. I mean it's gonna be amazing. Um Bowtie Catholic, based Hoppian, at uh Zayard from At In Democracy, Pete Quinones, uh Matt Erickson from Kingpilled. Uh I am uh, uh, Adam Patrick is coming on, uh Soap Bishop, Popular Liberty. Um, my uh, Isaac, the uh, guy from Triddle. I don't know what his last name. His name is Isaac from Triddle. Um, uh, maybe I think I'm, I'm trying to get you on for one uh, episode. Uh, <clears throat> Christ pilled, and uh, I'm working out the details on a few more, but I'm not someone to get them in time for September. 
You got to be careful with the retard circle jerks. They'll rip your dick clean off. <laughs> yeah. I am. Yeah. I am worried. They're like chimps. They don't know the strength, and they go right for the dick. If they got the whole time. They can find it. I'll be surprised. <laughs> no, they have. They apparently have surgery for that now. You get rid of that. There's something about the preemptive self burn when you're around like a, a crowd of people like this. It's just like, well, if I keep on shitting on myself, maybe they'll, maybe they won't shit on me, and I'd rather no, have my it, shit it than their shit. But just, yeah, I, keep going. Like, I'm like a yeah. fucking shark. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, um, Adam, what have you been doing up to lately? Um, you're, you're. Uh, You've had some really awful podcast uh, guests lately, including that that guy, uh, that that one dude who's a freaking Nazi who pretends to be a Christian. Who was that guy? Fucking yeah, this real guy. Fucking loser. Up, I don't know. It was a real piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a fun episode, dude. Uh, I got a bunch of uh, downloads, audio downloads, especially. So that's been cool. Um, and then yeah, before that, I had a Pete Quinones on, so that was fucking fun. That's been doing fun. I got top lobster tomorrow night. Am I the only one here that's not had Pete on an episode? <laughs> I mean, I haven't, but that's coming up in September. Oh, yeah, you have one scheduled at least. I'll have to try to get them on. I don't know. Me, uh, me and Pete have not had many good interactions on Twitter, but I, I like the guy. It's just like we, we, he never actually responds to anything I say, except when I'm disagreeing with him, which is probably like that's what he likes to do. So, um, so I, talked you know. to him, I talked to him about uh, Twitter interactions, Pete, and stuff like that. And he goes, because uh, like one time I was really mega high, like always, but like one time, like especially. <laughs> And uh, I was, I wanted to agree with something he said. Like I went to like shit on somebody also. And I was just, I just must've worded it wrong. And it sounded like I was like kind of shitting on Pete. And he's like, what do you mean by that? I was like, oh no, wait. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I was, I was trying to shit on that guy. I'm just high, man. I'm sorry. He's like, no, I'm, it's cool. Well, well, well tonight I was kind of shitting on him, but I had to, I was like, no, no, Pete, Pete, I'm not calling you trash because of that. I'm calling you trash because of that. At least, at least get it right before you return fire. Okay. So yeah, but he always says like he'll look at the, I mean he knows you by now but like he'll always look at the profile of somebody he said to make sure you know they're not just some sort of fucking he's good uh, at it too I remember like when I so like I got into the Twitter game late like probably later than most of you and so for a while like when I first started engaging with people my Twitter account was so low that like the first time I engaged with Pete all he did was make take a screenshot of my Twitter Twitter followers and responded and I was just like touche touche <laughs> Uh, that is awesome. Those are especially oh, yeah. great when someone's trying to tell you what to do, and it's like if you're coming from a not that I have like a huge account, but like there'll be people who have like 50 followers. Be like you do more if you get this, and it's like you have 50 followers, yeah. and like mm -hmm. you've had this account for five years. Like shut the fuck up. I, I, <laughs> I had this person. Um, I tweeted out that Dan Quinsaw, um, tweet that people didn't like. Um, I tweeted about Dan Quinsaw's half his face being a used flashlight, and someone commented and said, um. You won't make allies doing this. And he had five followers. <laughs> and I was like, you are in no position to tell me anything. <laughs> yes. If you, if you tell them that too, if you're like, you're screaming to the void loser, shut up dork. Like they <laughs> lose their shit. That's, that's what's the most fun is like, they take themselves so seriously. Mm -hmm. So like the, this is what, I, I don't know, maybe cause I'm a comic. I don't know. But like, I noticed this, like these people, like, like these woke progressive types, whatever we ever want to call them they are legitimately void of humor. Like they don't understand nuance. They don't understand like a joke. So that's what we were like, it was just, I was saying something on, on uh, tower gang, I think, but like, uh, Oh, you got to hit him with like, shut up dork. And like, Oh, I don't know how to handle that. And they'll hit you back with like a fucking like diatribe. And you're like, I'm not reading that loser click. And, like, they, <laughs> you just keep doing like small insults, like baby insults like that. Like call them nerds, call them dorks. But I want to put you in a locker and it's like, to it's, eat like, and suck dicks. Again. 
Yeah, yeah, <laughs> suck, suck and eat dicks. And he called us nerds. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw the whole LP Texas, LP Mises thing recently, mm-hmm. but we, uh, we fucking, uh, God, what are the LP Mises or Texas or whatever the fuck you, the number, letters you throw together there. Um, they fucking were like, hey guys, you, you, you guys shouldn't be, you shouldn't be doing that. And it's like, it's like, we were trying to make inroads, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, and I can't, I suppose that I was like, oh man, that must be really hard. Like, man, I'm sorry, bro. And then I put like hashtag block LP Texas. Like, it's always the double down. Like, it's, it's just like better too because you just like throw them off. I don't know. It's just, Twitter is just fun. Like, I don't know. You can't take it seriously. That's, yes. I think that's some of yeah. some of your problems sometimes, Jacob, you, is you take this as a place to have serious dialogue. It's not. <laughs> it's not. You, it's, gotta it's not. Just, you gotta just be an asshole. Like, it's, it's fun. <laughs> None of like, us can be ace. He's the only guy who can do it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we got we got our other uh, um, guest for tonight, uh, my good friend Sam uh, Whiplinger. How you doing, man? Uh, you're you're uh, muted, bro. <laughs> good. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you now. You're good. All right. And then you're, yeah. you're you, someone else is there named uh, Derek. N- n- nice. I can see you now, Derek. How you doing tonight? Hey, how's it going? Good. That's good. Nice voice. So uh, you're, you do you're have a sexy ass voice. Yeah, <laughs> we all just shut up for the rest of the night. Well, thank you. <laughs> Yo, bro, can you narrate my notes for me in my in my fucking phone? <laughs> so, uh, so Sam told me you're a fellow uh, meacock and also a uh, Christian so ancap. Oh yeah, that's right. Meacock represent. <laughs> yeah, it's actually also... divided up nicely. We have like I have I have Adam, Sam, me, and Derek on the left. And we're the meatcocks, and then we have the we have uh, Caleb here, who's the the filthy uh, paleo, and then Jose, who's yep. just the retarded agorist. So we gotta we, we <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> a left and spread. right. It's symbolized perfectly. And I call I'm on the far left. That's actually accidentally like I'm probably the most left leaning. At least like I have a, a background from the left. I don't think anyone any of the rest of you came from from the the left as much as I, I like I voted for for Bernie Sanders and Hil- Hillary Clinton. I'm probably the only person here who can say they leave. did that. Yeah, yeah I should no, I should just I should just take myself. We should, we, we should, hey, that's it. We go. We, we should call this about. podcast Jake, Jacob taking else. Jesus Christ. Dude. Yeah, it should. Just just roast me for the for the next 2 hours. Yeah, I'll monetize it. Not like Jake right nor left. Just talk about how a Romans 13 basically annihilates uh and Capistan. What what is Romans thirteen? I, I, I've never heard of Romans thirteen in my life. Can you can you please read this, Pat? I, I just love when 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 the Christian statists threw it out there. But what about Romans thirteen? Like, oh God, really? None of us have ever read that passage before. We're just fucking retarded. Sorry. I mean, I am. What's Romans thirteen? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not. It's the passage that Christian statists throw a lot because it says on its Thou face. Thou must lick the boots. It's yeah, it, what it says. it's the passage that like says like you're supposed to uh, submit it, to authority, but it's like authority doesn't necessitate a state. It's just the, like the really simple answer. I don't want to go into the whole thing again it's tonight. It's the Christian but... way of saying who will build the roads. I, I thought that Pretty was much. the one where they gave you instructions how to beat your slave. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was Leviticus. <laughs> no, it was Exodus. Exodus 21. Exodus, yeah, it's... <laughs> Uh, um, like the Uwe Axon to uh, Romans 13 being brought up on uh, Joshua Smith's podcast was because like five minutes in it was brought up yeah that was literally it, it always happened I'm, I'm like hey maybe this episode I won't talk about Romans 13 because I just feel like that's all I do now like I just get on and it's like everyone's like but what about Romans 13 it's like 
Well, first of all, what about the rest of the Bible? I was like, what matters more? One, one, like, let's say I didn't have a good answer for Romans 13. Okay. Let's say like I had zero answers for it. Like what matters more? One chapter or the entire rest of the Bible? Like that one chapter makes me white. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, that, 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 that uh, depends on your interpretation of what the Bible is. And I mean, I'm most people, I'm like atheist, but I mean, I definitely, I grew up in the church. So there are different interpretations in the Bible. There are people see it as the inerrant word of God that people see inspired by God. There's all different interpretations and you know this full well. So it really does. I mean, it is, it really is actually like, say you're like me and being like an annoying atheist and arguing with a theist. If you, if you do hammer down and say, they do think this is an inerrant word of God and everything is like, you know, perfect or whatever, then it's like, yeah, gotcha, bitch. Like it really does work. Cause, oh, yeah, it would cause be that's good, not consistent. In that if way. you were trying to use Romans 13 to prove the Bible isn't inerrant and there's contradictions, that would be a good argument if I didn't have a good answer for it. And actually what a lot of what, like the reason I started this podcast actually was because too many Christian anarchists were just going, Oh, well we don't like Paul and we're just going to like, we're only going to listen to these parts of the Bible. And to me, I was like, now listen, like even if I was going to say, well, maybe you're right to do that. I don't know. But like, I just feel like it's a weaker argument. Like if you can make the argument for Christian anarchy and not cherry pick the Bible, to me, that's a stronger argument then if you um Caleb stop fucking like <laughs> you fucking piece of shit you're in the show and shit posting us like fuck you man <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah I, I need to make an intro for this show I just I don't know I yeah yo, yo, like, what's the what's the one where God made bears kill children because they were mean oh, what's that one it's Isaiah isn't it I don't know what, what I don't know what book it is. Oh, Elisha, pretty, or Elisha or Elisha yeah it sounds or, right it's, it's, that's yeah. a good one that's yeah. my that's my favorite well, one you don't make fun of bald people I mean it's Obviously, <laughs> yeah. Somebody you started buzzing their head because I went bald. I got. I'm fuck those kids. <laughs> bears all the way. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is like you know over the past couple months I've become a bit more hostile and aggressive on Twitter and social media, and then people are like, Wait. "Oh, that's not very Christ-like of you." And just like, you read the Bible first of all, because like the Bible is not just this walk in the park. Everything's rainbows and sunshines, and God's just like. You know, like, well, I, we talked about this on your podcast, Adam. It's the fucking uh, shaggy Jesus. There's just like, <laughs> like Jesus was just this hippy dippy dude that was going around just saying, hey, kumbaya, everybody, and peace and love. Like, actually, Old no, Testament he was. based. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Had, so, had Hoppy and uh, cover the community right there in uh, Israel. Yeah, I mean, the book, of, the, book of, the book of Judges is basically and Kapistan in, you know, a very primitive society. And it wasn't really all that bad. I mean, like, there were bad things that happened, but no one who argues for Ancapistan says Ancapistan would be utopia, right? It's like, yeah, bad shit will still happen. We're just saying that, like, no matter what culture or society you have, when you add a state to it, you're inherently going to make it worse. So uh, that's, that's speaking my Speaking of biblical anarchy and stuff like that, I'm having on Popular Liberty to talk about uh, ancient Hopi and Covenant communities in the Bible. It's going to be a, a lot of fun. I, that dude's either the smartest motherfucker or he's autistic as shit. I don't it's know what it's it's, 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 it's it's probably the same fucking thing. He's he's fun to listen to, but half the time I, I'm like... That, he just comes across, across way too arrogant to me, and it's hard for he's me an to like... He's an Indian. They're all like that. My it, it's just... All... I, 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 I tried listening to him on, on Jose, Jose's show, and I still haven't gotten through the whole thing. It's like, it's like I take it five-minute increments at a time, and I just... It's just something about the way he talks, but I'm sure people have that about me too. It's just like, I mean, you know. I do, but all right. 
You guys are cracking me up in the fucking comments. By the way, Sam, Sam, your name, you sound like a rebel X-Wing pilot from Star Wars. Like, that's what your name sounds like. Sam, you oh. sound like a side character. <laughs> nice. One of the ones that dies. I'm just going to leave this up the rest of the time. This is the most famous <laughs> comment to ever be aired on my show. <laughs> I, I would say I think you should get popular, Liberty, and I actually think he is pretty good. I get where you're coming from with some of his delivery. And I actually have critiqued that. I'm pretty sure I well, I've, been, a little bit I've invited episode, him on. But, I mean, it's yeah, like I'll, I'll talk stuff. to anybody. And like people, I think most of us realize, at least I hope most of us realize, like Twitter is a place where you're not always like, you're, you're not going to sit down and be the most nuanced and reasonable. Like Twitter's a place where you like really hash things out kind of aggressively. And I've been more hostile towards like Matt and Popular Liberty and, and those guys than I would be in real life, like in a podcast setting like this. Like, there's a lot we agree on. Like I actually listen to Matt and there's a lot we agree on, but it's just weird where it's like, we'll agree up to like, you know, the last stop, like, like the second to last stop of the train. And then suddenly it's like, why divergence? And it's like, I take a hard right and he takes a hard left or, or, or vice versa, whatever you want to say it. So I definitely want to get him on and, and like hash these things out. And I'm always like, I've changed my mind on a lot of things in my life. I went from, I mean, I've gone from voting for Bernie Sanders to like, you know, a hardcore ANCAP in the Macy's caucus. So I'm capable of having my mind changed. It's just like, you know, I, I just, I'm not convinced by their arguments as they stand right now. And I would need to like, you know, hear them out. But like, I don't want to waste my time. Like if, if they can convince me that what I'm doing right now is a waste of my time, well, then I have two options. I can either like be a stubborn idiot and keep wasting my time or I'll take that information and be like, eh, I was wrong. I need to reevaluate and figure out what to do now. Um, you know, I want to be, I want to be humble, but at the same time, like, just because they assert something like, like, you know, it has to make sense. They have to prove their point and they have some good points. You know, I, I definitely think, honestly, I think Jose makes better arguments than they do. Cause like, to me, it's like, if you're not going to do the LP, I think you should just do full agorism. Cause I just don't understand why they want to do the GOP again. I'm just like, haven't we done that so many times already? Doesn't the GOP always disappoint us and like i mean i'm a i'm in florida and that's the only reason i'm going with the paleo strategy you know and, and also i just want to meet so up that's really it this is like this is the best route i have i know uh, i oh yeah. sorry go ahead no, go ahead I, no, I, was about just, it. I, I was just gonna say i know the way i see it and the way he's broken it down i definitely do prefer the agorist pass i i do think that like i have my issues with going like the gop paleo route but i'm gonna be completely honest i pre prefer it to the lp route because the way I see it is it's like there are two extremes. It's like one – got like two paths. Like you have the, the – you can go for the path for power, which I don't think you do. I think it leads to ruin. I actually think as much as they talk about high time preference, I actually think that's going to fuck you over in the long run. So like I actually think agorism in a sense has the best uh, – I would mix up low and high time preference. But you guys – Yeah, yeah so agorism has the best low time preference. Yes. And I actually what, agree with I you. I think yeah. – yeah, I think agorism is of all the strategies available – the one that operates with the lowest of time preference. And that's why, like, even though I'm engaged in politics and you're not supposed to do politics and agorism, I kind of do. Like, I try to engage in at least, like, parts of the agorist strategy. And I don't think politics is the end-all, be-all. Yeah. But I think if you're comparing political strategies, I think that the, the Mises Caucus route is a lower time preference than trying to use the GOP. But at the same time, like, I don't know, like, I think exceptions exist. I think if you're in, if you're like trying to resist the mask mandates and the, uh, or more like, that's not as, 
you know, the, the COVID passports and stuff like that right now, and you're in a county where there's no LP, and your choices are start an LP from scratch and try to get it up and running quickly and then fight the the uh, COVID passports and stuff like that, or join your local GOP where those people are already kind of resisting and work with them. Like, I get that. But at the same time, if you are in an area where the LP and especially the Mises caucus is already at work, I don't know why you wouldn't do that option because the Mises caucus already does issue coalitions with the GOP. So then you can still, you know, it's kind of, it is kind of a situation where you can have your cake and eat it too, where you can work with the GOP, but still continue to build the LP affiliate in a lot of counties um, where the, especially the counties where the Mises caucus is, is, is working, the local county affiliates of the libertarian party are bigger and more established and more active than GOP, um, uh, local affiliates. That's that's how it is in my county. I know I was talking to Angela McCardle on my podcast a couple weeks ago. You know that's how it is in hers. Like it's not universal, and I think sometimes we all tend to get a little bit too like, you know, like we okay. put our preferences and we look at our circumstances and we just try to universalize that for everybody. And I don't want to do that. Like I do want to realize that like there might be specific areas where people might need to go the GOP route in the short term at the local level, but I just, I wouldn't like, you know, set my anchor down there, I guess. Like, I wouldn't be like, oh, here's where I'm going to establish long-term roots because to me, the GOP just has so much, so much baggage. Right. And just, you know, it's like at the end of the yeah, day, it's called, it's called success. It's the baggage of winning. What, what have they won though? What have conservatives <laughs> uh, conserved? Presidency? Well, my question, let's get Derek in, let's get Derek in. Well, no, this is my question is, are we, so your guys are talking about doing things through the GOP or doing things through the Libertarian Party or the agorist uh, uh, method. So are we all though coming, are we all saying that the end goal though is less state? I just want to make sure I'm understanding what we're saying. We're all working towards, right? Less state. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. have a goal. Right, so, I just, I'm just fucking around. I would love to do more uh, I, I, I love the agorist thing But I'm, um, what do you call it? Oh yeah, not a real man So I can't build anything And then like, what am I going to be like, the suck a dick guy for food? Like I don't want to, that's embarrassing What am I going to raise cats for a living or something? <laughs> that's a misconception with agorism though It's not a binary, it's not one or the other It's it's literally just, you know, what you can It's not like you have to be the guy in the woods You can do it, it literally, as dumb as it sounds, nobody makes those jokes. So, like, agorism is selling lemonade on the side of the road. But it kind of is. Like, if you're not claiming the taxes, like, even something as little as that is – I mean, it's more accurately counter-economics, but the, the, the entire ideology is what agorism is. But I did uh, kind of want to touch on – because I didn't really finish my point. Uh, the reason why I have an issue with the Liberty Party is, like, the Bastiat quote. It's like, the worst thing that can happen to a good cause is not to be skillfully attacked, but to be ineptly defended. And so that's the problem with the, with the Libertarian Party. If you're going to expect – and to touch on my episode too was uh, Thaddeus with Emma Goldman. The whole point of that essay was the majority and the minority. And whenever you have a majority, ideas just get wishy-washy and bullshit. And they just do. That's how it works. The minority is what drives forward concepts. And then once it gets in the majority, it gets perverted into fucking nonsense. And so this idea that we're going to take over this, the third major party and we're going to have any sort of fucking influence is, to me is nonsense. Uh, like, and then we're going to make really any difference at all. So that's why, I, to me, I, I could see uh, – I, I don't think you should, but I would prefer uh, a matter of preference if someone is like, I absolutely have to be involved in politics. I would rather them create some sort of fucking you know, coordinated minority within the GOP to affect, affect shit along the edges. Dude, like, and, for, you know what I mean? Like, no, no. 
you're you're kind of making a point because I mean I, I don't I, like I disagree with the whole Republican thing, but like yeah, the point of like uh, obviously with the whole point of like how you're like uh, I, I actually weirdly enough today in right in my like neighborhood I ran into a Republican guy like going door to door or or to Republican voters but like, hey the election's coming up in November. And me and him got to talking. He's like, you want a pamphlet? I was like, no, nah, I'm the state board rep for fucking Bucks County, Pennsylvania for the Libertarian Party. So no. But like we got, we got to talking and uh, I was like, do you know anything about like the Mises Caucus? And he's like, I don't even know what that is. And I'm like, you know Dave Smith? He's like, I don't even know. <laughs> like this guy had no idea. I'm like, so I'm like, oh, this guy has no idea. Like we're in a big fight right now. Like, in the, like they don't even like, so my point is the right and the left have no idea what the fuck is going on with us right now. Like at all. Like this, I said a bunch of words to this guy. This guy was like, bro, you're speaking not even English right now. And I'm like, yeah, all right. This was a fun conversation. The fuck off my property though. But well, like I, I was talking to a bunch of people. They didn't even know who Tim Pool was. I, I mean, the first people we're going to reach is the people that are into politics and we want to win that space. And you know, like that's the main group we want to target. Uh, so, like, the people who watch Tim Pool, who are into Tim Pool, who are into politics, those are the first people to, you know, make this dive. And then the sheeple will follow in a lot of ways. Well, and I think, too, like we were talking, that's why I was asking what the premises of, of the end goal for all of us is, too. Because the why I do stuff in the Mises Caucus, like me personally, what motivates me is to spread the message of liberty. I, I care a lot less about... Um, you know, what, what kind of policy change we're going to have. It's who our ultimate goal is to put forward in the future as a candidate who will spread the message of Liberty, which is, I think, and as far as I can tell, they do it with podcasting and other things too. But at the end of the, at the end of the day, the more people we can reach with the message, the more likely those people are going to come into the fold of the ideas. And then in my opinion, more likely to go an agorist route. You know what I mean? If you touch somebody and they understand and they can go, oh, okay, I kind of get it now. I get where they're coming from. Well, yeah, maybe you don't join the party. Maybe you're not working with our caucus, but maybe you can do what you can do in your, whether it's local county or just an agorist way, whatever it is, you spread the message and people act on it because it starts to inspire them in different ways. Well, you know? and to, and to, and I don't know if you're like in the discord, Sam and Derek, but like in our uh, national discord and then like in I don't know if this is true state by state but in the PA Mises caucus discord uh, both of them we have chat rooms that like like one of them is, is labeled like agorism where people talk about agorism so like it, it, it is true that like we bring people in we talk about the philosophy and then we get them interested in talking about these ideas and we don't just encourage people to do political action like we encourage them to to look into you know bitcoin and, and investing and preparing for the future and uh you know establishing uh you know d different things in their community especially like that's the nice thing about the libertarian party at the the local and county level is that it provides an infrastructure where people can find each other locally because if you're trying to establish like local mutual aid societies and trade among local libertarians it's a lot easier to find each other when you have something called the libertarian party as a common meeting ground versus if you didn't have that like you're not gonna know to look at the Republican Party to find libertarians. It's just not something you'd go this to, is, I think, first of all. This is something that I, I brought up with uh, Matt Erickson on my podcast, is that um, his argument is the Mises Caucus doesn't have anything to sell. And I, I don't want to get into that whole thing. I think he's, I think he's, uh, mis I think he's misunderstanding some of the purpose of it. But um, one thing the Mises Caucus is selling that I don't know if the they're inadvertently selling, because it's not a big selling point, is that they sell a community. I mean, you brought the Discord, the Facebook group is awesome. 
um, all these people I've got to meet for the uh, Mises Caucus. You know, there is a sense of community that you get. Yeah, the part where you stand in line caucus. to suck Michael Heiss's dick is, you know, it's really oh, nice. I mean, I, <laughs> hopefully he comes to Florida soon because uh, I'm, I am I got the tap stick, I got the lube. I'm, the, I, I don't know. I'm not gay. Meets so a breadline. It's in the bylaws. <laughs> when you sign up um, to be a meatcock, you're like, you got to suck dick. I'm like, well, it is uh, in the laws. <laughs> can, I pick, can I pick whose dick? Because I buzz it be Dave's. Well, and the um, thing I think Ager is missing. Isn't this a Christian podcast or something? <laughs> it's, it's terrible. I mean, it's a Christian podcast. You can't invite me I, on, and I'm going to talk about dicks. <laughs> I'm, I'm a pastor, so I, I don't want to identify with these. Um, yeah, I mean, the, you know. The one thing I think people miss is that, it, you know, like back in the day, we, we were fighting each other with, like, muskets and stuff. You know, if we wanted freedom, that's how we did it. But now it's it's just a battle of ideas. And if you can you know basically get out in front of the the train which is the state and be like hey no like this is a terrible idea the bridge is out up ahead you know just because you 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 know board a train to stop it doesn't mean you're like with the system yeah. right yeah I, I really like that that's that's the analogy you used um last time you were on the show can exactly. you can you yeah like the can you um lay it out like i, I want to get jose's take on this because that's how I've always tried to explain it, which is like, yeah, it is kind of contradictory in a sense to be an anarchist and engaged in politics. But at the same time, it's like you said, like if you're trying to get people to jump off the train, like you can't reach those people if you're not at least near the train, literally maybe getting on it to be like, you know, hey, like, you know, at least like, hey, pull the brakes, slow it down and get everybody off of it, um, you know, in that rescue attempt. It's a little bit dangerous and a little bit you know, whatever. And then like what you said, the last uh, episode was like, if someone's like riding a horse next to the train and you're like, Hey, come on, get off. And they're like, okay, well, this guy can't actually believe that the, uh, the train's going to crash because he's going in the same direction as us. It's like, well, yeah, well, he's doing that. You know what I mean? It's like, to me, I think it's a really good analogy for what we're trying to do. Um, maybe did I represent that well, or is there anything you would clarify yeah, with that? I, I, yeah. I think you think you represented well. I mean, it'd be like, if you could be on the biggest, tv screen ever and just tell everyone that the state is terrible you know just because right now the tv is screaming that statism all day doesn't mean you're involved in the exact same system like if you're if you're very clear about being counter to the system then yeah and it's like i want to get dave smith in front of as many people as i can and he's not going to reach everybody but the people out there who like i would identify as the remnant the people who are open to us i think dave smith take dave smith uh, being out there and and putting that message out, running as the libertarian candidate for president, I think he can draw a lot of people in. So that's to me like the one of the biggest reasons I'm involved in the Mises Caucus, other than the focus on local. Because to me, it's like the only point of running anyone nationally is to do that, and then otherwise, it's like screw everything else, and you only focus on local county politics, and and that's it. Yeah, um, no, Counter Reeves was on the bus, Jose. Okay, he wasn't on the side of the bus to getting the bomb out. He was on that bus getting that bomb out. You got to be on the bus. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Me, me, the metaphor and all, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, we can do I metaphors speed back joke. and forth. I was trying to squeeze it in there. <laughs> we can do metaphors back and forth. I mean, I don't know. Obviously, it gets a little sloppy. I mean, I'm not going to argue a metaphor. But, I mean, I do think, say, especially somebody like Dave, I don't really – I mean, how much does he really gain from utilizing political parties? I'm not going to say he doesn't gain anything, but how much does he really gain? And how much does he lose? Like, if we're looking at just, like, from the perspective of Dave. Because you even you said yourself, it's a little bit contradictory. So it's kind of like, say with something like agorism, to put it in the scope of agorism. You look at something that, like Uber or Lyft, that is essentially, in essence, something like agorism. And you know what? No one had to fucking spout theory. You just go, hey, doesn't this look way more convenient 
way better. And you basically just sold them on Austrian economics without even having to open the fucking book. You right, know what I mean? And that, to... like, and this is shit that doesn't require, you know, a political message. This is stuff that people could start doing. I feel like to some extent, like if you're involved in the political process, it does water your message down. I'm not going to say that, that nothing ever good comes of it. Yes, obviously. Right, like, it's, how does how do some people... binary. How do people hear your message though? Cause I like your message and I want to hear it and I want more people to hear it. Like I'm not under any impression that my radical ideas are going to get implemented on a national level by working within the system. Like I'm not a fool. You know what I mean? My, like I said before, my whole point is we work with these people to get these faces up in front of everybody. And then they're spreading the message. Now the idea can be sold. Well, and the other thing too is who you're spreading the message to. So, I mean, people who are into politics, they're looking at Republicans, they're looking at Democrats, and then some of them, if they're if it's big enough, might actually look into libertarians and they might go down like all of us. I mean, I, I find so many people who, you know, they're not big on Milton Friedman because he sucked in a lot of ways. But it's like how many people came into the liberty movement? Just like Milton Friedman was their uh, initial drug. And then they just kind of went down that rabbit hole. And then they found, you know, more based people like Rothbard and stuff. That's so a perfect like, example, though. Friedman fucking sucked. Like, no, it, he, he, he brought more people into <laughs> the Libertarian Party than probably my, Rothbard. No, no, but yeah. yes, like, he, he got point. people. Yeah, Friedman does suck. Because because my, my buddy who's a I do my comedy podcast with cult of us give that a shout out real quick uh he's, he's a comic but he's not a libertarian at all he's like a left-leaning comic you know and he was busting my balls today he's like yeah i know friedman and stuff i was like yeah but that you named him out of all the libertarians you could name you named friedman like fuck that's the guy that like other people think of you know when people think libertarianism they came they don't think rothbard they Either don't that think or ayn rand it's like exactly <laughs> yes that was his second one <laughs> that was the second that's, joke. That's your initial drug. No one stops at Milton Freeman unless they're just not that into politics. He just gave let's... you someone who stopped at Milton Freeman. Let's go round table. And, <laughs> let's go round table all of us and answer this question because because this will this will help move the conversation. I think uh, I'll start. Um, I I got I, I don't know like it's not one person primarily. Although if I was gonna I, if I was gonna actually kind of was to me. Ron Paul indirectly brought me into the libertarian movement because even though I didn't listen to him and have him persuade me, it was the people who were first persuaded by Ron Paul who then persuaded me. And it was a combination of people, but they were all people who were huge Ron Paul libertarians. Talk about Michael Heiss, my friend Luke Enser, uh, my friend Constantine, listening to Dave Smith, listening to Tom Woods. So like to me, like the, the Mises Institute, the Ron Pauls, like, like they're the ones that got me into libertarianism, and and without that, I don't, I don't think I ever would have, would have made it. Ron um, Paul, the Republican. <laughs> uh, technicality, technicality. I got to shake a fuck you, Jose. Technicality, you know it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just Where's pointing the new out a, a fact. No. <laughs> I mean, to some extent, the contrast is what made him more appealable. So, and obviously, he was. I mean, other thing. All right. I mean, I don't mean to hog the mic because I. But I mean, obviously, most of it's just directed at me. Uh, <laughs> but fucking um, the way I see Ron Paul is like, all right. If you just were to look at the game of politics as a whole, he was a fucking anomaly. Like I like to use the metaphor of fucking like someone who's a gambling addict. Like one day, fucking back in '84, you hit the fucking jackpot. You're like, holy shit! And you know what? Fucking Dave for Smith decades is that after. <laughs> We'll see, you know, I mean, I'm not saying there aren't other jackpots, of course there are, 
But like, what other real wins we have? And once again, dude was a Republican, so let's keep that in mind. There is something to that, um, and I'm not—I'm definitely not a fan of the Republicans either. But I'm saying, if you look at politics as a whole, it's like cool. You guys had—you hit the jackpot, and now what? You've lost your entire life savings. You fucking whatever because and you're playing the penny slots, and it's just like, well, remember that one time I lost a de- or I won a decade ago? That was fucking sweet. <laughs> like, yes, and I'm not saying there aren't positive effects from Ron Paul. Clearly, they are. But it's also a little bit of a fallacy because I know a lot of people make the like, well, what about Ron Paul? Like, okay, well, let's say Ron Paul never existed or let's say he went a different route. Let's say he, I don't know, say he was more of a media pundit or, or something like that. Like, we don't know. You're playing this fallacy of like, you know, we, you, we can't turn back time. We can't change things. So I will give you that it's like, yes, he had an influence. No, I don't think anyone would say that he had no influence. You know what I mean? Like, I think leading by example in your personal life is the best way to go. For example, with agorism, I'm an individual level. In, I have a side hustle. Uh, I'm not going to say what it, whatever. I fucking breed hairless cats. A lot of people know this. I've said it before. I mean, for, for, for Fed reasons, I fucking – I claim all of that on taxes. And you know what? I, I talk openly about this shit to people in real life, and I get to demonstrate, hey, look at this side hustle that I have. That, you know, like, I'm totally claiming taxes on. You know what I'm saying? Like, totally. You probably and, get lots of pussy, too. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and so, like, I get to demonstrate these. I get to, in, in daily life, be like, people talk to me about this stuff. And I get to be like, yeah, I mean, like, of course I claim taxes because I love the government. Wink, wink. And they get to see these things, and I lead by example. And I feel like on an individual level, this is where you can have the most effect anyways. So this idea that we're going to get up on a national stage and we're also going to, as you, you have admitted, Jacob, is to some extent corrupt your message, confuse your message. Also, from an, in, from an inferior platform within the Libertarian Party. I said that's why I said Jacob. I know not all of you would. So well, – No, no, I, 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 no. Let me, let me – I'm going to double down, but it's for a point, okay? And then I want to get Caleb – I'm going to get Caleb to, in here because he's been – <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pull a Jeremy Kaufman here, okay? No. Um, so – Yes, I am watering down the message intentionally because I think that you kind of have to. Like, like you can't give a two-month-old baby a freaking porterhouse steak, all right? You just can't. I mean, you when can. People, I mean, I mean you, you can, anything, but... You can do anything to a two-year-old. They can't fight back. They can't fight back. You can do okay, anything to a two-year-old. You, you, you will, it's not effective to do that. Like, like, you know, so, like, the saying, and, like, this is something that's, like, from the Bible. is like, uh, you know, it, you have to have milk before you have bread and bread before you have meat. And it's like, you know, I'm sorry, like you can't give people detailed, pure, principled, libertarian philosophy and and bring them in with that when they're freaking statists. Like you have to start out with something watered down where you're focusing on uh, on a couple things that they care about, that they're open to. And, and you know, know it's different. It's different with <laughs> it's different with every every person you, you deal with. Um, there's no like one size fits all approach to bringing people to libertarianism. Um, you know, I mean, that's, I think that's self-evident. Um, but yeah, I mean, now listen, like I, I'm not saying water down the message in a way like that there's a balance, like, you know, y- you need to water it down in ways that are strategic that make it palatable, but still right. Like you don't want to take all the nutritional value out of it. Okay. But you need to make it more palatable to where people a like will want to take it in. And then B, like, you know, like it's easy for them to take it in. Whereas if you give a, but if you give a baby porterhouse steak, like they're just going to sit there and like, you know, you know, just, just drool on it. Like they're not going to so it baby. You pay all that money for a porterhouse and that dumb baby won't even eat it. Fucking stupid <laughs> baby. 
Yeah, babies are stupid. I hate them. So stupid. Caleb, who brought you into the libertarian movement or party or made you libertarian? You're muted, bro. Oh, uh, Joe Jorgensen. I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) He's making my my point again. Yeah, it went to the gulag uh, with you. (laughs) I feel feel this is a troll, but I want to hear the troll out. Uh, It's not really a troll. Uh, I hated, I fucking hated, I voted Trump, then I hated Trump. I was going to support Yang, then Yang dropped. Um, And then someone's like, you support Jorgensen. I'm like, fuck it, why not? And I watched so on Tom Woods, and someone on uh, Facebook was like, "You said we Murray Rothbard." I'm like, "Okay, I'll wait in Alameda State." And then from there it was just downhill. So I went from Jorgensen straight to Rothbard, which I feel like I skipped a lot of work in there. Like I never went any higher. I just skipped all the Cato BS. Just went right to good stuff. Dude, Trump to Yang to Jor- Jorgensen to Rothbard is psychotic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, it was it was a fucking my Facebook my Facebook arguments for that year were fucking crazy because I went from arguing UBI to arguing. Um, see, was, well, no um, UBI. Yeah, <laughs> you I was all so, doing yeah. everything. It was my I would within weeks. I'm like, I say you UBI support. I'm like, no, fuck that guy. I'm you on so con- I might be able to convince you to change sexualities, but <laughs> 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 in that time period, like, hey, bro, maybe you're a woman. I don't know. <laughs> I got long. I mean, I got long. I got the long hair, so why not? Yeah, right. Did we get she, him to identify? Here, did we get him to identify as an Irishman? <laughs> I mean, uh, I. I own uh I see this is weird thing I I um own property in Scotland so technically I'm a lord and I am an ordained minister. I got so you buy you buy the foot the foot. Yeah, I don't I'm think that means, well. I don't think that means anything. I just doesn't. Any lord. But I, I have think, I, I think have it's a con. It is a con. But <laughs> I have a uh I have a tree technically. I looked it up. Supposedly I have a tree on it, which is why on my Twitter handle for why it was uh Lord Brown is a one tree forest. But that's I mean I would roll with that too. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> well, I just feel like, you know, if, if everyone was agorists, I, mean, I guess there's still podcasts and stuff, but like, I just feel like there are some people who feel led to do this. And it's like, they, they feel it's like, to me, it's kind of like um, the story from the Bible where Jesus goes after the lost sheep. Like he leaves the 99 to go after the one. Like in a sense, that seems very irrational. But at the same time, it's like, that's kind of what we have to do, I think, is we have to realize like we can stay in the comfort of just hey, we're all being principled and consistent, but like we're not going to expand and we're going to, and if people fall, like, you know, get adrift, get caught up in politics, like we're not going to reach them if we just stay in our comfort zone. Like we have to be be willing. So I made this point actually like a month ago on Twitter and got reamed for it by the Loser Brigade um, because they thought I was like comparing Dave Smith to Jesus. I was like, no, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I was saying Two people- choose. Yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, you know, but I was like, listen, like people to me who engage in politics, um, and then like when the like agorists or anarchists say that, oh, you're being inconsistent, um, you're muddying the message or whatever. It, to me, it's kind of similar to when people criticize Jesus for uh, eating with sinners and 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 dining with tax collectors and stuff. It's like, well, you know, the the people who have things figured out who already know God don't need Jesus to sit with them and dine with them. Jesus needs to go out there and sit with the people who like need him, right? Like a hospital isn't filled with healthy people. Hospital is filled with sick people. If I'm an auto mechanic, if I filled my lot with cars that didn't have any problems, you know, go out of business. So like, you know, libertarians, like if we want to grow the movement, like we can't always just be talking to other libertarians and just like, Oh, let's just be as consistent as we can. It's like I don't care about the. It's kind of like the Ferris, uh, 
the spirit of the Pharisees, where it's like they're overly concerned with their outward appear- appearance of righteousness and consistency. And it's like, I would rather be effective at getting more people into the movement, even if at times when I'm dealing with them, I'm engaging in a little bit of like, you know, like mental, uh, like cognitive dissonance in my arguments because like I'm trying to meet them where they're at. It's like, that's just part of the process, I think. Hey, I have a question about Jesus. When the sheep goes away, why not just bring him back with his like force powers? Like, does is he like a super? Like, what's his powers, Jesus? Like, is he a superhero or what? <laughs> like, what's there was, there was a there was the a extent? kids' worship song called <laughs> "Jesus is My Superhero." It's Queens as hell, and it's to be everyone's ringtone for a little bit because it's hilarious. What's the extent of his powers? Like, what's the extent? Like, oh, I could, I could keep doing fish and bread. What he needed to do is get you... Larry Boy to use his plungers to, to just, can he force choke people? Based. That'd be sick. Absolutely. Yes. I can mean, Jesus force choke people. Cause why not force choke those Roman guards out? <laughs> have, have you seen the meme of, uh, but he has a gun. So awesome. Well, I, I'm kind of serious. My question, like, what is? Well, if you're, if it's it's a parable. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, uh, if, if you're looking it's at from a my, um... yeah, it's a parable. He's telling a story about something else that it's not something that he did. That's it's fun. not something he did. Yeah, it was, it was a parable okay, about well, the. That's fine. Extend to Jesus' power. It's this um, well, if you believe in the Trinity, uh, part man, part God, kind of thing. Holy percent, he's 100 percent each camp. Technically, could do everything, but also was man. So it's like, eh. You know, had man, the power bear, of God. Pig. Yeah, yeah. Man-bear pig. Man, 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 pig. So it's, you know, it's like um, anything God could do, but at the same time, God can't make a square circle because that doesn't exist. So, you know, just some limits. Can God make a rock so big he can't lift it? I hate oh, my God. That's, that's a basic-ass question. You guys are both disproving God right now. Uh, <laughs> basic question. I hate those. I yes. so, <laughs> oh, God. Like, uh, I, I don't have enough alcohol in my system for this. For this, Sam's, Sam's drinking four dollar bottle wine. Hey, this is barefoot wine. Look, look, look <laughs> See, at them legs. It's like nothing. My, I'm completely out of booze. My vodka is empty and my gin is empty. I'm all out of booze in this house. I it's, feel like uh, Jose is drinking two beers because he keeps going from one side to the other, <laughs> <laughs> and I just keep imagining that that's two separate beers. I don't know. Is it? it is Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that makes me think of. I, I was thinking of a metaphor while you're doing it. I, I feel like using, like utilizing p- the political system while saying we need to get rid of the political system is like sucking dicks while saying we shouldn't suck dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's, I just. That's basically the was, Hey, I like what I like, dude. That was against cars. Like, wouldn't that Stop be effective? <laughs> like walking up to people, being like, "Don't buy a car. That's stupid." You're gonna wait trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out a way to. Effective do- thing ever. I, I don't know if I can double down on that on that metaphor. <laughs> I'll try to. Hold on, wait. No, you do good at what you love to make it your craft or something. I don't know. <laughs> so if you're gonna suck dick, suck dick good. I don't know. I'm you trying. Build a, you build a thousand bridges. You're a bridge builder. You suck one dick. <laughs> you suck one dick. You're gay. Whatever. <laughs> oh, who's that one? I'm trying to remember the one comedian. What's his name? He has this one thing where he's just like. You don't you hate it when you're like you're sucking some dude's dick and then you look up and then you realize it's a fucking faggot. <laughs> like, oh, that, oh that you told me about. I do know that bit. I do. I know, I know that. I can't remember the name of the dude, but it's just 
God the way and the way he, he delivers it even like better than what I did. He like gets about it like no, you look up so. and you you like I fucking fat. It's like yeah. It's like that scene from Boondock Saints where uh, Willem Dafoe like the, the, the he just got done banging the dude and he's like well, you want to cuddle? He's like get out of here, faggot. Yeah, it's gay. <laughs> cuddle. Dude, that's such a great movie, Boondock oh, Saints. Yeah. <laughs> it was a firefight. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Um. Let's see. Um, yeah, I don't want to go too. I don't want too much getting up on Jose the whole night trying to. You know, it's like at the end of the day, it's like we have our our, our difference of opinion, and and I get it. I've been on both sides of it. I was actually more on the agorist camp it. for what? What Sam? I wouldn't change a thing about Jose. Like I'm glad he's an agorist. Yeah. No. Like, I mean, to me, it's like I, I don't know. Like I like the division. Uh, to me, I think you need the division of labor. So it's like I don't want him to change, and I don't care that he disagrees with me because he's not out there like you know, making a huge crusade against what we're doing. Like he voices his opinion, but at the end of the day, it's just like, we're all friends and we do what we do. So um, wh- wh- whatever, you know, it's just like, and, and that's why like, you know, Caleb last, uh, last week said, you know, Hey, I'm going to go the paleo strategy and, and work in the GOP in my state. And, you know, I, I called him retarded for a couple hours, but then I was like, Hey, whatever. Like, I made you know, a you... solid meme. It was, <laughs> <laughs> you, did, you did, you made a solid meme. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, you can do, you can do what you want. I I disagree with it, but at the same time, I was like, and then I and then I encouraged you. I said, like, when you do it, reach out to the local Mises Caucus and work with them. You know what I mean? It's just like you know, nah, it's gay. Like, <laughs> I had when I, when I had Dave on our show, we both kind of like agreed and like because we were talking about Nanny State and kind of the last paragraph of that is talking about like tactics going forward. And Rothbard kind of concedes that we don't really know. And me and Dave both were were both kind of like, yeah, that's true. Uh, but me and Dave were both like uh, agreed that it's like. When you're talking tactics, we're, tactics we're in like the subjective realm. So, and we're we all have the same end goal, and being an asshole to each other doesn't really help. So, like, cause, so for me as like an agorist, like I think that's the proper route. I'm also not so conceited that I'm like I know 100% because I I don't know I can change my mind a year from now or whatever. But it's like so I don't try to make enemies out of some subjective opinion I have on tactics that could change. And that's kind of like where me and him were in agreement. And it's like. I feel like it's like with these discussions, we need to be very careful in not like being assholes to each other. Because yeah. it's like it's very different if you're like, "Hey, I think we should do the paleo route," or "I think we should fucking go the local like Hoppian thing," or "We should do agorism." And then there are these other people that are like, "Well, you're a fucking racist." These are two entirely different classes right. of things. One should be handled <laughs> with like black suit and ties, like, "Well, sir, I quite think you're wrong," and here's why. And then the other one should be like. Get the fuck out of here, you goddamn loser! <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's how the other one should be handled. Well, you know? it's just like I think what we we want to uh, resist is being too dogmatic, and and that's what I really hate. And this is like whether it, it's present both in libertarianism and Christianity. And so like I deal with it on both fronts, and it pisses me off. As people, they get so dogmatic, and it's like, listen, I've changed my mind so many times in my life. I'm not dogmatic about like anything because I realize like. They'd be ridiculous to be like, oh, well, I was wrong all these times, but I absolutely can't be wrong now. It's like, well, no, yeah. like I've been wrong before. So like now I want to like I want to balance that with like, hey, I don't want to be like wishy-washy. I want to be con- like consistent and change my mind only when I'm presented with good arguments and good evidence. But I need to also realize, you know, take into account my biases, take into account that like someone can be right and make an argument that just doesn't convinces me that it doesn't convince me right there and then. And I might have to be, you know, it's like, cause the way our brains work, you know, in the human psychology, it's super complicated. Um, so it's, it's not this binary thing. And so, yeah, I think it's, it's 
what we have to avoid is being dogmatic and realizing, you know, approaching these things with with humility and, and good faith, which all of us do. So that's why it's all cool. You know, it's it's not not big not that big of a deal to disagree when you're doing it from from this position. And it's like, you know, that that's my problem with like the fucking loose brigade people. It's like, listen, you you don't like the Macy's caucus. It's like that's okay. You can disagree with people all you want. No one's saying anyway. you can't. No one's saying you can't criticize people, but it's like when you just endlessly trash people and you make up lies about them, that's when you become the laughingstock of the movement. Yeah. Also, Jose made a good point about like, uh, I'm not going to be so conceited. I don't know. That's the biggest reason like I'm also, a, uh, I guess, uh, agnostic, not atheist, is because like, do I believe in like the uh, guy in the sky with the big bushy beard? No. But like, I don't know what the fuck created us. <laughs> like, you know, it could be, it could just be totally natural and Big Bang and space particles and all that shit, or it could be aliens. I don't fucking know. As my point is, I don't know. I know I don't know. So I, I just agree. stick with. To be fair, for terms, uh, is yeah. one thing. Maybe I should just start saying I'm agnostic, but it's actually terms-wise sloppy. Agnostic and gnostic are questions of knowing. Atheist and theist are questions of belief. So I don't. I'm an, I'm agnostic. I'm just about everything. Like, to some extent, I mean, there is a point where I accept like my senses, like that's my starting point. But uh, when it comes to knowing for certain, there's very little things I would say I know. Like, you know, milk toast sense. Yeah, but, well, I mean, that's I feel like that's actually the most logical perspective to have, even as a Christian. I actually don't. It's Gnostics that I have an issue with. Those are people who claim to be like I know. If you're like, there's a man in the sky, and I fucking know it, and I'm like, all right, well, fuck you. Like, yeah, no, yeah. you don't. Right. <laughs> I've always said the most reasoned position is uh, agnosticism. Like, the most, like, pure reason, zero absence, like, absence of pure faith is pure, I don't fucking know. But but my whole you know, point is it's really, yeah. like, the grid. You know, like, our yeah. the political grid, you have the atheist and theist on one, and then agnostic and gnostic on the other. Well, like, that's why can, I get you, I, I, yeah, yeah, I get along with, like, you and Adam more than I get along with a lot of fundamentalist Christians. And yeah. it's not even just because of how statist they are. It's, like, it's just, <laughs> like, I, I have, like, listen, like, I come from, like, so I go to a reformed, kind of, like, Calvinist-leaning church. And those are my beliefs in terms of, like, this is, these are, like, the, my theological this is my theological worldview and here are the things that I roughly believe. But like, I don't know, like the Bible is a really hard book to read. Like, and I know it, like it's so hard that like people like Jose can make good critiques of it and be like, I don't know. It, it seems very self-contradictory. It makes no sense to me. And it's like, fair enough. Like it's hard. I buy into it. It's, it's inspired by God. And I don't want to be one of those Christians that like cherry picks things. I want to like take the whole thing as a whole, but that makes it hard. Cause like you gotta like sit there and, and and dive deep into it and realize that like even if it is the word of God, like it was written by men and it was written by men over two thousand years ago in different languages and it's been interpreted different in different ways over time and different agendas of people you know who who had possession of those documents over time and we don't understand the culture always of the times that it was written so like you know I don't know it's like I have my beliefs, but like, why would I be so dogmatic about them to be like, you know, you're not a real Christian, like, because you believe in this view of how salvation works versus this one. Same thing with libertarianism. We're just like, oh, you're not a real libertarian because you engage in politics or you're not a real libertarian because like the whole like immigration thing pisses me off. Like I am pretty strongly on the open borders thing. Like I'm probably, I would challenge that I am more for open borders than anyone in this podcast right now. Like I'm Look at this super commie over here. Jesus yeah, like, Christ. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm <laughs> no, 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 put it this way. Let me, let me clarify. 
I'm an ANCAP, so ultimately I don't want state borders at all. Like I want private property borders. But in the meantime, while we have a state, I want open borders because I view it as a lot less state tyranny than if you have closed borders. That said, like that's I don't I have respect for libertarians who have more like different because like the other thing it's a really dumb false dichotomy, isn't it? Because like by closed borders can be used to describe like an infinite number of 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 status programs of controlling immigration across borders. Like you can have full wall with like people with guns pointed down at people to like just like a really basic like Ellis Island style system where you're just like, hey, are you sick? Are you a criminal? Okay, like, you know, come in. It's like there's different levels of immigration control within the like closed border spectrum. And like I don't really want any of them in a like idealist sense but at the same time like i'll compromise on those because like i think our current system is way too tyrannical and if i could make it less tyrannical but it's still technically closed borders like well why wouldn't i do that um and there are arguments that libertarians like dave smith make for closed borders that i don't agree with but it's like what am i why would i gatekeep gatekeep him as not a real libertarian because we disagree on one point of the philosophy it just doesn't make sense to me it's it's that whole point where you make um anything like a a a dogma that it becomes a problem for me yeah there's well, certain can issues I say, I feel, go ahead, hey, go ahead. well i just wanted to I say gotta... to, to your point too like i have uh, i have two i have a little group of friends i have two buddies right one of them is a fundamentalist christian and one of them is mo more of an atheist but would probably uh, agree is more agnostic if you really wanted to break down the definition of it right but he but he will argue against you know theism um, but I actually think that my buddy who's more agnostic is more of a Christian, in my opinion, because he's more self-sacrificing. He tells the truth. You know what I mean? He lives humbly, right? He follows the principles of Christianity where my friend who claims to believe in fundamentalist Christian values has no sense of service, no sense of self-sacrifice is very selfish, very arrogant. Right? So when I look at those two people, I go, well, you say you believe, but you act like you believe. So who actually believes more? And I think that kind of goes to your point of the analogy you're using between Christianity and libertarianism in that way too. So it's like, Jose, like you might not do anything in the party or anything, but it's like, you live the shit. So I can't argue with you. You know what I mean? Where somebody else might say, oh, I think these thoughts and I think these thoughts. And then they walk around, you know, violating their own principles. Well, you don't actually, who believes more? You know. Which is probably part of one of my issues with the part. Not to go back into it, it's just the fact that I feel like it gives so many people a there sense of I did something, where it's like, no, you didn't. Like you fucking knock on a door. Like I guess that's, that's something. That's fair. But it's like, what did you do? Are you are you still being a fucking pussy about like claiming shit on your taxes? Like what what are you doing? Like are you doing anything? Or like, I mean, because I feel like the best way is to live by example. Which I mean, I'm, being as you guys are Christians, I know you believe this as well. Uh, but yeah, uh, and to touch on it, I was trying to really get at too that like, for example, me and Jacob clearly are both agnostic. Just one's a theist, one's an atheist. We're both agnostic. That's the point I was getting with terms. I just want to be clear, because I know a lot of people get like, talk past each other with terms. So like, I mean, it just for, for Jacob, it meets his standard of evidence. For me, it doesn't. So, and therefore it like, we have different belief standards. So. Cool. Hey, it's late. Mm -hmm. I woke tomorrow. I gotta get going. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I'll see y'all later. All right, later, man. Thanks for coming on. No, we got rid of um, that loser. I thought he was actually Scottish. That's why I tried to make the Irish joke because a Scottish person would have scoffed at that. 
Oh God. And then no. I didn't know how, how cool you guys were or not, or how he would take it. So I was like, does he talk like that because he's Scottish? And I was like, I don't know if that'll land. So, <laughs> well, you know, what, what's funny what you were uh, saying, Derek, because I made this almost exact same point as you did on my page back in July. And a lot of Christians, even in like Christian libertarians, got like all bent out of shape because like they were being dogmatic and they were trying to say that because like, there's a big divide in Christian theology where it's like, is it works based or faith based salvation? Um, now, I believe that salvation is based on faith, um, not works. But at the same time, there is a, a passage in the I forget the exact passage, but it says that faith. Paul says faith without works is dead. Um, and to me, the meaning behind that is like if you have true faith in God and like you actually take the philosophy seriously, it should transform you. And like you should see evidence of those principles in your life. And so I tried to make this point um, on a post I made and I quoted Matthew 7. I said, not everyone who says to me. Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Um, so to me, like this is part of what like we're talking about here, where you're saying like you, we all know people, I think, like, you know, who aren't Christian, but in a lot of ways, the fruits of their life line up more with like what the teachings of Jesus describe than some people who actually proclaim to follow Christ. And to me, it's like, I don't know, like if you proclaim to be a Christian, but everything about your life is contradictory to that and the fruits are not there. It's just hard for me to like, I, I don't know, like no one, like, you know, in the Christian worldview, like none of us know, you know, if, if somebody is saved or not, that's not for us to decide, but I'm going to have a lot more camaraderie and common ground and, you know, with somebody who is living out the principles, even if they don't proclaim them to be true versus someone who proclaims it, but lives in complete hypocrisy of it. If that may, I think that's kind of what you were saying too. Yeah, too. And there's that verse that says not to be yoked with the non-believer or something like that too. And that really messed with me when I first came to the faith, because I was like, a lot of my friends aren't, you know, and what's funny is as things, I stopped worrying about it. And then as life played out, that one friend I was mentioning who doesn't live by the principles, he's not in my life anymore because he's destructive. And when we have conversations, he doesn't benefit and I don't benefit. When my, when my one friend buddy who would more claim, claim himself to be an atheist, um, I'm, I'm like, we have this, we have similar dreams and similar goals and we live similar, similarly, you know? Um, so to me, it's like, I feel like being friends with him is actually more feeling like I'm yoked with a believer than the other one. Cause who cares what you say? Right. I mean, yeah. if I could say I believe this and I believe that all day and Jose made the point, too, about, you know, his his choices with how he he lives out his his beliefs here, what we're talking about outside of the faith, obviously, you know, the libertarian stuff. But it's like he lives it. You know, you, you see it and you live it. If you believe it, you live it. I think that people who say they believe in something, but they don't live it. Do you do you actually believe? Yeah, this is well, my yeah. big walking away point for Christianity. It's like I'm not going to no one's going to tell me not to be yoked. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, equally yoked though. So you gotta have that. Uh, yeah, you gotta even it out. Metric. <laughs> you out of you okay? You fall asleep. Metrical. Oh, okay, you okay. need to be symmetrical. Was, so you gotta be even with yoked, Jose. Sorry. <laughs> the comedian missed a fucking joke. Sorry, I was reading text. I was like a bit important. Oh, well timed and everything. Fall... Sorry, it was important text. Sorry. I legit <laughs> thought he fell asleep or something. No, I was no, like, no, no, no. <laughs> oh god. Um. Yeah, no, I think that it's, you know, it's, um, I forgot my, my, my train of thought now. Um, You're going to ask me what my, who brought me into the Liberty Movement. 
Wait, who, who brought you into the Liberty Movement, Sam? Ben Shapiro. <laughs> There's some <laughs> truth to that, actually, though. I bet, isn't there? Like, yeah, it was, it was Ben Shapiro, and then I voted for Trump in 2016, and then it was just like, it got me into politics. And then I, well, I, he, I got, he got really nothing. lame after Trump got elected, and he was just like all about how bad the leftist cultural stuff is, and it just got really annoying. Shapiro was like the first uh, crack in the my leftist uh, framework. Like, he didn't get me the whole way to to, right. to libertarianism but like when i was still a bernie sanders guy and i first heard he did a debate with um that guy from the young turks uh chank uger and he you know say what you know about ben shapiro like he's really trash on a uh, foreign policy like i think we all know that yeah. um and there's some other things where he's like super like even though he's not a boomer he, he just comes across super boomer con on a lot of things you really fuck him over that's what it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um but uh he's He's still really good on the economics. Like he's had Peter Schiff on his show, and like I think he understands Austrian economics, and he made really good economic arguments against universal health care and 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 just socialism in general in that debate, and well, just even, really cracked my worldview. Even Michael Malice on Michael Knowles, like Michael Knowles isn't an idiot. He just like I thought he was, but when Michael Malice went on there, you, they were actually pretty good. Um, they're they're not idiots. Yeah, but. although. Just like we were talking about earlier, what did Michael Knowles do, do as soon as Christianity came up? He was like, yeah, but, you know, Romans 13. I, 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 I literally just dropped my phone. I was just like, what? Like, like seriously, like, have people, I, I don't know, like, I guess I, I, I think have, as a libertarian, you should know the, the work, how to understand Romans 13 just for answering BoomerCons. But, yeah, and then I, it was, for me, and then later it was Fee and Words and Numbers podcast, which is actually a pretty good podcast. I'd compare it to, like, Ben St or the Stossel podcast or St what's his name Stossel anyway and then yeah it was Milton Friedman Dave Smith and then Rothbard so remember when Stossel got bitch slapped by that uh, wrestler that's liars <laughs> you guys remember that no I, no? I have no idea what fucking that's about Christ go watch that clip you fucking <laughs> losers go watch that <laughs> what is Stossel? it in the comments I can just uh, imagine Stossel, it already. no Stossel this is like way this is like back in the 80s and he was like wrestling's fake and like he would just go to wrestlers like like to their face, like this shit's fake. And then one guy was like, "Oh, is this fake?" And he fucking slaps the shit out of him for real. He's like, "Is that fake?" And he slaps him again. He's like, "Is that fake?" It's a great clip. What the fuck? I can't believe you guys never saw it. Oh my gosh! Like wow, it's the greatest clip of all time. It's all your job's homework now. Go do that. I mean, he was still clip. right though. Oh, he's so right, hundred percent right. So in that question. moment when he got slapped, and he was wrong. <laughs> Every time before that, he was right. But that wasn't wrestling, so. <laughs> I know. So here's a question for you guys: Do you think that? Whatever, whether it's politics or not, like in in libertarian spheres, should we be focusing more on the right right now, or should we still try to do right and and left? Or does that do any of you think we should only target the left? I mean, I don't think anyone here thinks that, but that seems to be the biggest divide in like our circles right now. Is like, should we focus primarily on the right and Republicans type type people, ex Trumpers and all that, um, or should we still try to get like the best of both? I've always kind of been, I think, because I'm I'm biased. Like I came from the left, so I'm always kind of like, hey, don't just discount anybody from the left you can get people from there here but there's a lot of people that seem to think like that's mostly like you know a hard road to go down and at least right now especially with all the covid stuff going on that it makes more sense to be targeting the right what, yeah, what are well, your guys thoughts on that personally every time i talk to a, a, a out more out there left person like a more progressive person it's way more combative and harder to get to them than it is a way more right-leaning person 
it just is as much as my personal experience but usually when if, like the right the, the hard right wingers will always take a stance on like the police and wars and shit and like but you could get them with economics and stuff like that and, and they'll talk to you they won't yell at you for again for the most part but the left if you're like yeah, I don't really care about the gender stuff. Like, how about we talk about the wars? And they're like, what do you, you hate trans people? And you're like, what do we, shut the fuck up. Oh, yeah. I, I like, legit would have called all of you racist back in 2014. Like, straight yeah, up. exactly. I know I would have. Again, I, I mean, would have you been... been. You would have been right? No. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I prefer fat-ass black chicks. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> White women must be stopped. <laughs> true. I, I think because we're anti-statist, and right now the state is really fucking over the right, that we come across a lot better to the right. But in, in another sense, it doesn't really matter who you hit because they both have these issues that they're unwilling to give up. So, yeah, you can attack or you can sort of reach out to the right and they're going to reach back and be a lot more positive engagements. But they're also just going to hold on to their shitty stuff a lot, too. So I, I think you're going to it's not it's going to be hard either way, um, maybe a little bit easier with the right right now because um, the media's not on their side no one's on their side you can be a little more friendly to them but i think at the end of the day you got to convince people to give up the state and it's a hard yeah, sell i know but dude like okay my father-in-law let's say for example and his dad so like one day we were, it was sunday dinner and, and we're at the table and they're talking about world war ii and i'm like just biting my tongue for all the bullshit propaganda they're talking about you know like the nonsense like and then they get to the part where uh my, my, my wife's grandfather goes well we had to drop those bombs and i was like we actually didn't and then like because <laughs> you know like you, you can't and they're just defending like, the slaughter of like thousands of innocent people and you're like, you know, they unconditionally surrendered in May and we dropped those bombs in August, right? And like they and like they still were like hellbent on like we would have lost a million troops. I go, that's not true. And like you you tell them it's not true. And like you by telling them it's not true, they're looking at you like, Are you conspiracy theorists? I'm like, No, it's called the real hits history. You, you just get you just get fed bullshit propaganda and like that's what you think happened, but it's not what happened at all. Like the reality in World War Two is like we had Japan completely surrounded. We bombed all of their fucking like us uh, south with the water facilities. So either would have starved to death, but they surrendered already before that. So like again, but you tell them that they go, that's not true. I go, oh, well, I don't know where to take this argument anymore. Because if you're just gonna, you're just gonna straight, straight up tell me like that, I, what I'm saying is untrue, even though I know it's a fact from multiple multiple books, right? That we've all read. How do you get through to that? It, it's very hard to break that, and that's well, you, the rights problem right there. I can't. It's very hard to break. But we we do door to door sales, um, so I know one thing: you can change somebody's mind completely. There's a couple things, and it doesn't always work. But the first thing I like to do when people say something is agree with them. Somebody brings up trans stuff. I I agree. Everybody should have the right to live their life however they want and see themselves how they want to see them. Right? You know, somebody talks about the bombs. I agree. That's uh, that it seemed at the time to be like a whatever. And then the second thing you do is you call it that perspective instead of your perspective. Hey, let, let, hold on, let, let me hold you up and push back a little bit. Not my parent... covenant community. Yeah. But seriously, do parents have a right to take their kids to doctors and be put on hormone treatments and no. possibly be put on any kind of like so. have any kind of surgical alterca altercation but that's done. that's like an nap thing almost because children don't have the fucking wherewithal to make obviously adult decisions like that and if you parents own them i mean if we're going strict uh, natural rights i actually don't agree i like i tend to prefer the sterner concept of rights um so that's so whenever we get these weird squirrely like natural rights like conflicts like shit like this this is where sterner is a beautiful thing to rely on because i go i don't give a fuck like i mean at the end of the day like you could be like, that's an NAP violation. I'd be like, no, I, I'm not putting my kid on hormone blockers or I'm going to like 
looked down on you for doing so. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, yeah, well, that's it's what you've been forced. Can you explain it. Sterner's take on this? I always like to break it down like this natural rights are like what ought to be, and Sterner's is like what is. So, this is where the people get the might, get, might uh, makes right thing. Which gets a bad rap, but if you look at it from an individualist perspective in the point that everyone has this thing, everyone is their own little kingdom, they have the right to do whatever the fuck they want, it makes sense that the best way to get along is if everyone – like you're not just going to go around murdering people. Like that's not – like people like see the Mike Makes Right argument and go like, what the fuck? Like everyone will murder each other. That that wouldn't make – It kind of cancels out. Yeah, like you kind of can't. So And that's kind of the point of like – so something like this is like what you can enforce. Like international law. Like, you can say, does, should that parent be able to do whatever? And it's like, the day, it, matter, it, it doesn't matter, like, your personal opinion, what ought to be. It matters what is. So, like, it, it really just comes down to, like, okay, if it's some other person, like, say it's someone in a state over, like, it's kind of like, what, how is this your concern? But if you're their neighbor and you know something like this shit's going on and you're in a community that you know probably looks down on it and you do something about it, you know what I mean, in this anarcho world or whatever of, like, a Sterner-esque world, it's kind of like, you know, it's... Yeah, no, I, I kind of agree. <laughs> To me, it kind of yeah. depends on where you live and where the thing is happening. Like, if it's happening in, like, I don't know, like, 100 miles over and, like, that's normal in that community, like, I'll have my opinions about it, but I'll be, like, it, it's just, like, that's not You're in not my sphere. Do anything. <laughs> but, no, like, at some point, it's, it's going to come down to my... having a little bit of a community. You want a very, very yeah. small community, but you're going to have to have some community leadership at some point, um, like with kids, I think. I, I, yeah, here's the thing. It's dude, real, such like, a small community, we, we bro. Can sit, we can sit here. We yeah, can sit here all day and talk about like <laughs> political ideologies and like the nuances of it. And like, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not as even. I'm not as even as good as the four of four of you guys with like all the political stuff, like ideology, philosophical stuff. You're one. But uh, <laughs> I don't got brain damage. Okay, don't don't make fun yeah, of. Yeah, don't make fun of brain damage. Fucking ableist guys, <laughs> jerks. Okay, that's why I smoke weed. Yeah, that's why I smoke weed. It's the only reason why I smoke weed. <laughs> no, but like. uh like we can talk about that shit all day, but at the end of the day, it's like I don't know. Children are being hurt, and like that's a hurt. You're hurting a child, and like I don't really give a fuck what your political philosophy. And like I'm gonna, I want to hurt you. Like it makes me want to hurt you. Like, just, you just described so Turner. That's what right, that is so right it's, there. So it's like that's <laughs> what I. I that's where it's, it, again, other things. Sure, it's it's different. But what you're talking about actually, that's you're fucking hurting a kid. We're adults. <laughs> We're all adults. You, I don't care if you hate kids, but it's still your job to fucking protect the kid. I, I, I put that on every single evil-minded adult. Fuck honestly. and protect the kid. Fuck and protect. Well, you gotta, you gotta, protect, <laughs> you gotta protect what you fuck. You all right? You gotta love what you own. <laughs> claim it. All right, Adam. Uh, it was nice talking to you, man. Have a good night. I <laughs> that though to touch on what Adam's saying is like the whole right. idea is like, say for example, like Sterner conception of rights of what is, which is essentially what Adam's describing basically is like you know like i don't give a fuck what your perception of natural rights is i'm not cool with that like fuck you and that's basically what the sterner concept of rights is and it's like people always bring it to like pedophilia and so technically by a sterner concept of rights it's like yes technically by that concept sort of the pedophile has a right but at the same time you have a right to kill that person and if you're if you win out you know what you're you're the one with the right and he didn't have a right to apparently you know, so right. like, it's so it's kind of like uh you know, and at the end of the day, that's all that really fucking matters. It's like we can be like, well, we ought to do this. It's like, well, what the fuck happened, and what is going to happen? <laughs> so you know, and that very much is that. And in a you know, obviously a magical anarchy world, if that happened, and in your community it was like, whoa, you killed Bob. You're like, yeah, he was fucking this kid. You're like, oh okay. <laughs> oh right! Uh, oh, you should have. T- like, why didn't you? That's what I was talking about. Help, community. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But yeah, no, that's the thing. It's like, it's like, murder. And we're talking about like, you know, like I'm against the death penalty because like state 
you know, in, induced violence and stuff like that. I was like, we should be able to kill pedophiles, though. <laughs> like, the community should be able to kill. Like, a, like I'm why can't a claim, we do it? <laughs> I'm putting a claim against Bob's life insurance because he broke my wood chipper. <laughs> That's peak and cap. <laughs> wood chippers for sale for killing pedophiles. <laughs> Blades were not rated for bone. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ah, you put a you put a pedophile through a wood chipper. I can fix it right off. <laughs> like an old timey <laughs> wood chipper fixer. You know, on the phone with customer support, like, so do I put them in feet first, and is it face forward or face back? Like, like is stop just, yelling! Like, I'm on the phone. Call a wood chipper warranty company and start asking. Oh, we should do that. We should just call a he's wood like, chipper he's, he's warranty like, I'm sorry, company. He's, I'm sorry, he's yelling. His arm already went through. He's being a real bitch about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't he's hear like, you. My wood chipper's not working. Like it got jammed on some bone. Like <laughs> the thigh bone is thick. All right. <laughs> oh, that'd be the perfect place. Just the torso, just there. Just spinning around in a circle, like in a wood chipper, like this. <laughs> Clearly <laughs> still conscious. Or he's just like trying to shove it in with a board. <laughs> but you're like you're like far away from it because you don't want to get like sucked in. So you're just like pushing it for like. You know, <laughs> you're haphazardly get, poking it with a stick. <laughs> you don't want to get pedophile on you, so you're like at a distance. <laughs> it's like it's like cooties. Yeah, it reminds me of that movie Fargo, where the, where he's loading them in, and it's like, like this bright red in the midst of like the movie where it's taking place and all this fucking snow and shit. Yeah. It's just like great movie. This is normal. Totally fine. Great movie. Yeah, that movie gave me nightmares when I was a child. <laughs> Explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> no, like I don't know what kind of what I was. I just wanted to clarify like what I was saying too. I, I know I brought up trans kids, and now we're talking about pedophiles. I don't know how that happened, but. Um, what I was saying was a kid have a right to when I'm when I'm talking like one on one with somebody because you're talking about how do you convert people basically when I'm talking one on one with somebody it's like I use the sales thing where I, I agree with wherever they're coming from and then I and then I satisfy the objection and then you convert them feel felt found so, well you know so you say, I feel the trans- same way other people have felt the same way this is what they found. It's, it's kind of like uh, in sports, it's like a good coach will do PCP, which uh, it's called phrase correct phrase. <laughs> a good coach will do hard drugs before they teach young children. Yeah, <laughs> no, but like you, you praise, you praise the kid, right? You'd be like, oh, that was a good, you know, route or whatever. But and then you correct him, like, but you know, you, you got to catch it, like you know, pinky pinky, and then praise him again, but like, but next time, you know, you'll get it. And it builds up confidence and shit like that. Same, I guess, kind of the same thing applies. Well, it's to, like, uh, yeah, you never like when we're doing sales. It's right? like you, you don't you don't disagree with the person. You you agree with them, and then you you say your I understand that perspective. So you're not giving the it's not their responsibility for their well, opinion, you know. And then you change their opinion later. So my point is just like with left people, the only way I've been able to have conversations with people on the left, and I can do it pretty well, is by trying to genuinely understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm agree with the parts of what they're saying that I do agree with and then present them with information that says that's that perspective. And here's a different perspective. And it's not about me and you arguing. It's about these ideas. And then you, you give them on a platter like that. And I, I've had a buddy who hates libertarianism come around to some of the ideas because, because I talk to him like that every time I don't ever like make it like an argument or a debate. It's always like, you know, and I, I slow convert people. Yeah, you know what I mean? I don't get people on that first conversation. I slow convert them where it's like, you know, six months later, they're telling me a libertarian principle. And I'm like, I thought you didn't like libertarianism. Well, I I don't like libertarianism, but, you know, blah, blah, blah. You can't violate blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just like, 
I think I think one of my biggest problems is sometimes like because especially if coming from the left, some things would be so outrageously not logical, right? And as a logical, I think I'm gonna try to be a logical dude. I'm like, it's sometimes like when you argue with I argue with my wife and she'll hit me with like a crazy perspective. I'm like, hey, Steph, just because you think that we got a man mansplain doesn't that make it true. Like you know what I'm saying? Because like, I'm like, just because you came up with this crazy out of the fucking theory logic thing that's completely yeah, irrational to everyday that society. Exist. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, it doesn't mean it's automatically a fact. So like, when I get hit with these crazy fucking left view sometimes i'm like that's a crazy thing and it's hard for me to combat illogicalness with like logical stuff and so i have don't a hard time logic. i have fighting, a hard time fighting on the wrong turf you gotta I know that, that's Adam, where I logic is things. a construct of the white christian patriarchy that's meant to oppress minorities and women <laughs> to, to and touch on what derek was saying though it's like you i mean even with that situation like I mean, even like, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. When you're with your wife, you, you're not really as concerned. It's like, whatever. But like with, on a normal, you know, we're talking on an individual basis. Just, you know, find your agreements. Uh, when you do have disagreements, I actually think it, you shouldn't ever back down. Don't give ground. But at the same time, you should try to deflate the issue and not be argumentative. That's basically what it is. Like, so that way you didn't give anything, but you're not causing strife for no reason. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Power, I mean, even, with the, even with the – um like lgbt and the trans issue like i only bring up the um like that conversation when it comes to like kids outside of that like i really don't care like but when they're not a kid anymore it's like it, it's really no concern of mine i know trans people there's there's transgender people in the macy's caucus and Jacob's the libertarian like... party that i i work with and am friends with and it's just like whatever like i don't want to pick that fight there are there are very limited fights that i'm going to pick and draw a line on kids is one of them because i just think like kids need like protected from certain things and i think some of the things that the left is pushing on kids is kind of messed up you know like and it's the ironic ironic because like i literally there's this one chick on facebook who rails against circumcision because she's like circumcision is violating the the rights of of a, of a child you know to their body and I'm like, okay, but then they're like, you know, but but hormones and you know hormone treatments and puberty blockers and, but, but and stuff say, like but that. It, but it, but, but <laughs> she's arguing both of those points. Wow. You, yeah. You should have said, I get it, but it's more aesthetically pleasing. You, know? you, can't, you, can't, you can't trim the the tip of the dick off, but you can cut the whole thing. I was off. like, That's what if okay. what if what if what if the, what if what if your son identifies as a circumcised male and you don't circumcise him? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you've you've completely gone. So to me, it's just silly. I, I, so I push back against the, the the woke crap and the stuff that's pushed on kids but other than that like i don't want to pick fights i agree like you do want to try to find ways to like find common ground with people and work on them but um yeah right now it's hard to do that when it, like i can still have good conversations with those on the left when it comes to like policing and 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 <laughs> but like with the with the COVID stuff right now like i can't find like there are some left-leaning people out there that you can find common ground with but it's tough and i'm surprised like i remember five years ago it seemed like it was predominantly a lot of left-leaning people who were like anti-vaxxers and were into all like this naturopath shit yeah. and all that and mm -hmm. it's like i thought that there'd be a lot more left-leaning people coming out and opposing covid passports and lockdowns and stuff but surprisingly it, it's not really coming a lot from the left most of the resistance does seem to be coming from the right which like rubs me the wrong way because like i genuinely like i i generally like i don't know, I, I fight with both sides but it's hard for me to like not get annoyed by the right-wing trumpers 
but it seems like it's a lot of right wing Trumpers who are like, you know, and like, like Trump got booed by his own people because he said, cook hit the vaccine. Right. So it's like, <laughs> like that just is evidence of how much the right and especially like the Trump crowd is. Yeah, is, my my yeah. favorite thing was when he was talking about firing Fauci and it's like, just do it. <laughs> just fire him, right. <laughs> What do you mean? You want to just, you can. You're the only guy who can. Trump had so many opportunities in his last year to like do so many things that would have like made me go, hey, like shout out, like, like he was the best president we ever had. Like he could have pardoned Assange, yeah. pardoned Soden, Snowden, he could have fired Fauci. Like, there were so many based things he could have done that last year as a big middle finger to the establishment. He didn't do it. Life. <laughs> My favorite part is like these establishment people that he just hates, but he's the one who appointed them. Yeah. Just what is wrong with you, man? But he's, yeah, he's draining that swamp anyway. Uh, I think it's kind of beautiful, the whole Trump phenomenon. It's just disaffected so many people. Like, yeah, I, I know. It's like, for example, I just had a uh, fucking, what was her name? Uh, Ashton Birdie, which I guess she was like a big MAGA person. And now she's like more of an ANCAP, but she has like 160,000 subscribers. And like, still, even after she's still been talking about ANCAP stuff. So these people are still you know, like kind of riding that train along and she's like going more towards the anarchy and they're clearly like disaffected by the whole Trump phenomenon. So it's, it's just really interesting to see shit like that, you know, because people are like, because a lot of people jumped into the Trump phenomenon because even for us, even for me as a libertarian, we're kind of like, there's this little bit of like, okay, well, this could like throw, this could fucking mix some things up, you know, like, I mean, I'm not a big fan, but it's just, just some wild shit. Like, okay, this is pretty cool. Like, yeah, I didn't vote for him or anything, but you're like, okay, all right, you know, I'm all for fucking throwing a bull in the China closet. Like, this will be dope. And, like, I think a lot of them are kind of seeing the folly of that, uh, although it did kind of do that, too. But, like, I don't know. I, it, I think a lot of them just had this idea that they were going to be able to change things utilizing the system. It's like, nah, you, you got to do something more. <laughs> like, well, I think, to be honest, like, so, like, I mainly hate Trump because of, like, the Trump, like, the personality cult around him and, and stuff like that. But in a lot of ways, I feel like, people blame Trump for things that they were really not in his control. Like people act like Trump could have absolutely brought the troops home. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like I feel like the military industrial complex is a lot more control over that than we realize. Like, yeah, I know the constitution kind of says that that power belongs to the president, but like we can't ignore the, the, uh, the, the corporate interests and stuff like that, that are, uh, at play here. And, um, I like what oh. Dave Smith said on the, uh, the Joe Rogan podcast, which is like, you know, Trump probably gets in like day one of office and like every president before him gets shown the uh, angle of the JFK assassination that no one's seen before. And then it's like, you know, hey, here's the things you're allowed to do and here's the things you can't do. Like, we don't know. We don't know how uh, deep the deep state is and how much things are, you know, people like Trump and stuff, even outsiders just end up be end up being pawns of, of you know, and, and, and puppets that they're part of the political theater that are meant to keep us distracted. That's something that Patrice O'Neill once said, a great comic, Patrice O'Neill, R.I.P. But like, uh, he was like, uh, he's like, yeah, probably when every new uh, president gets elected, they take him to the basement and they're like, you know, this is the shit that you'll never get to talk about or you'll never know. There's also a story from Bill Clinton. I think I told this before for sure. But like uh, when he first got elected, he, he went to, who was the CIA director? I forgot whoever the CIA director at the time was when he got appointed president. He went to him. He's like, "Hey, I want to go to Area 51." And like, he laughed and he's like, "Yeah, you don't get to go there." And he's like, "Oh, I'm the president." And they're like, he's like, "Yeah, no, you don't. You well, don't get to go there. Like, you don't have the clearance to go to Area 51." He's like, "I'm the president." He's like, "Yeah, we. I know. I'm very well aware, but you don't get to go." <laughs> so it's like that. How much power do they have? I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, to, to put it like, to, you were talking, like, we all joke here about they get shown, you know, like, brought down to a basement, get, like, the gun to the head, like, hey, you know, you're going to do what we say kind of deal. But they don't even really need to do that. You touched on, like, how deep is the deep state? This past few years has been a perfect example of that. From the get, like, I know his foreign policy guy, the guy, like, I, I can't remember the names. I'm so, I used to remember all this shit. But, like, his foreign policy guy from the get was one who swapped things up and be more friendly with Russia. Obviously not our perfect foreign policy, but completely counter to what the empire wants. And they, that was the first fucking dude that got got. And like, they know you're talking about, but I forget his name. Yeah. Um, I can't think of his name either. So, Bannon? Was it Bannon? No, not Bannon. It was some not other Bannon? dude. I think he was like a general, a former general, but he was very much like, this doesn't make sense. Oh, uh, uh, start with an M, right? I mean, it doesn't matter what the name yeah, is. I mean, some, the, but, but it's the point being, they, from the beginning postured to be like, you know, like anything you do, we already set up. Like, you know, everyone gives Trump's like the 3D chess or the 4D chess thing, but really the the empire was kind of doing 4D chess on his ass because it was like they literally had set things up to where if he set his foreign policy up that way, like everything. Can you imagine if he did anything pro-Russia? I mean, do you guys recall at all this shit of like anything that was even mildly somehow pro-Russia was like, look at him. Look at him. He, he said that he fucking Putin, Putin has a nice looking dog. Like, <laughs> like. <laughs> Like, shit like that. Like, they set it up. Like, everything was perfectly postured and framed. Every little thing was in line. The fucking media, like, the the, the spooks, like, everything was set up to be, like, any little thing he did that was not in their way, they had something to fucking hammer him on. Like, it just was. Like, he well, was then, from the get. Look at how many, look at all the shady crap with January 6th, right? And, like, mm-hmm. how many people are not, you know, like, ended up being, like, inside op- ops and stuff. And it's just, like, you know what I mean? It's, like, how much... You know, the CIA and all these intelligence agencies just operating to uh, things like we, we don't know. Like, we have no idea. So it's 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 really and I think that's why we all agree. Like the, the federal the federal government is like, you know, there's absolutely no reason trying to waste time to actually get somebody elected to Washington anymore. Like it is it is the swamp doesn't need to be drained. It needs to be burned down. <laughs> like I, I, want, I want to touch on the January 6th thing real quick. I watched today, there was a podcast. I really feel like it's actually really important. Uh, Buck, uh, Buck Rebel, uh, for those who know of him, he did a podcast with a guy named Jason Rink who was doing a documentary of the January 6th thing. I guess he was covering the voter stuff uh, before, and then it just so happened that that happened at the same time as all the fucking, like, all the crazy, uh, you know, January 6th shit. And so he got like all that stuff and they're gonna have a documentary coming out. His name's Jason Rink. If I said, I don't know if I said it already, but yeah, like they went to all that. I guess they like had like in-depth conversations with the fucking, uh, dude, with the, the, the bullhorn guy or whatever. And I don't know, it's just really interesting. I highly suggest anyone listening to go check that out. Cause it is like, it really goes into like how things were clearly, I mean, maybe not necessarily set up, but it was, it was, yeah, <laughs> it was very suspect to say the least. It, what was that called? Uh, I can't remember the name of it. I, I really wish I could remember it, but it was Buck Rebels podcast. The guy was Jason Rink. It's his most recent episode. So nice. Yeah, when January sixth happened, um, I had a bunch of friends who were protesting at the Minnesota State Capitol, and uh, I thought they were protesting the lockdowns. So when I heard everything that was happening, I thought it was happening in the state capitol because people were texting me and stuff. And so I was super excited. I'm like, this is awesome. Like this, all this is happening over the lockdowns. And then I found out it was in DC and it was just over stupid Trump. What? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a letdown for me. That's what but, pisses me off about January 6th. Was it's like, still beautiful in the fact yeah. that they just, you know, they desecrated that Holy temple. Oh yeah. Like I love it. I just wish I was like, man, it would have been nice if they would have done it for something a bit more. I mean like, yeah, I get the whole like voter fraud thing. And I guess it's just you like this high priest. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like I wish your motivation wasn't just that you're mad that Trump lost. I wish your motivation was more like, uh, you know, but more in line with 1776, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, so, but like, uh, I, I remember getting really pissed off at Amash and and other people who were like, you know, like, oh, it's an affront in our democracy, and you know, they 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 uh they trespassed on sacred holy grounds of the, you know, it's just like you're treating the the Capitol grounds like it's some kind of fucking like you know. C- cathedral right you know what i mean it's like it's like some fucking temple or something that like we dare not disrespect or or uh yeah uh defile with our you know Blasphemy. heathenism yeah <laughs> which i, I don't know, i just say like, i fucking I, I hate that you know it's like that's why you know I, I feel like christianity you know i'm curious what your thoughts on this are uh jose and i guess adam too because you guys really aren't christians but like you know, I feel like, you know, like, like, wasn't it Marx or someone who said, like, you had to go after the religious people and the Christians first because, like, those who were devoted to God, it causes them to have divided loyalties or should cause them to have divided loyalties between the state and, and, and the church. So, it was like, we had to get rid of the religious people first because they are, they're a, they're, they are a uh, thorn in the way of us having total control over the population, them getting them to just be completely subservient to the state. And, you know, Christians certainly aren't perfect in that, but I do see more of that coming out now, um, where where Christians are starting to get a little bit a little bit more based in terms of like, um, I don't know, like like pushing back against some of the state tyranny. But there's still too much worship though of like America, Americana. You know what I mean? Like the flag, the national anthem, and and all this, and 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 that pisses me off. But I I feel like they do that on purpose. Like they try to, they're like, well, we can't get rid of Christians. So what we'll do is we'll try to tie Christianity into the theology of the state. So that keeps, yeah. Cause in the past, the reason why authoritarian states don't like Christianity, I don't know about other, I don't know about other religions. I can only speak to the one that I understand is because that there's a law above the law. Right. There's a law above the law. And if your law disagrees with the law that's above the law, well, then I'm sorry, there's a law above your law. That was a huge question for like Dietrich Bonhoeffer because uh, they asked him when he visited America, like if uh, the German church and the German state disagreed, like, what would you do? Would you like follow or like, would you follow Jesus or would you follow the German state? And he, he didn't have an answer for them. And it was years later before he did. And obviously he, I think he made the right choice. Yeah, I mean, the reason why I named my podcast Daniel Three. I mean, it's literally like the law was bow to the king, and they said no, bow to no one but God. I mean, it's like, and but to me, that's such a symbolic thing. Like what we're, what Christians should be doing. Like, and and even like if people aren't going to believe in Christianity, I wish people like like Jose and and more like secular agnostic. Uh, uh, libertarians and anarchists and stuff could look to Christianity and be like, hey, we don't we don't believe in their God and stuff, but like, hey, at least they're fucking based as shit when it comes to like not being you know simps for the state and being anti-authoritarian, because um, that's what the church... they are. Well, that's that's what yeah, the left, I, I... that's what the left the, the left mocks religion. They'd be like, huh, you believe in God? You're stupid. But then they're like, but the state, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like that is your religion, you fucking cucks. Yeah. Like their their religions fucking just other dudes and they're tangible that they could touch, which is such bitch shit. I always say that all the time. Like, so you need other. This is why I tell other adults. I'm like, oh, so you need other grown men and women to tell you what to do. You're a fucking <laughs> bitch. <laughs> like, like, what are you talking about? I don't need anybody telling me what to do. Like, you might. I don't. 
don't know. Before 2020, I probably would be totally agree with Marks and the fact that like that's a smart way to go with his line of logic. But like given current circumstances and after 2020, I do think the church has been thoroughly perverted to the state to where it's ineffectual. So I'm all for you guys like, you know, bringing that back because like I came I grew up in the church and I there was a part of me that was like, hey, you know, they're not going to be like, oh, you know, cool to stay like you can't worship or whatever. But I was clearly wrong. Um, yeah. I guess there were some examples here and there. We, we talked about this when I first came on your podcast last year and it was like, yeah, like, unfortunately, the response was meh. Like yeah. a couple, couple exceptions for the most part, they were, yeah. I mean, there was like, there was like one, was it a, I think it was MacArthur who was like the main, like very vocal, like and he, no, he, he submitted it first, but then after like a couple months, he reopened and, and, and kept his place open and kept facing a lot of shit for that. But I was like, that should have been like every church, but sure. they all pretty much caved. I mean, I know of one church in my County that stayed open the entire time. Well, you can't argue with the police. Well, the other thing too, is I had a guy explain this to me and I'm, I'm messy on the details, but he was explaining to me that the way that, um, the way that churches get tax exempt, they have to sign a contract with the government in order to do that. I can't remember what it was called. Do you remember me telling you about this? And that's why all C3 or something. And that's how, and that's how they, that's how they, something like that. Some F, F, some, whatever it was. 501C3. Is that what it is? Yeah. And yeah. So, anyways, he, and, I, and I could be getting the details of this wrong, whatever. But he was explaining to me in great detail how basically churches have to do whatever the government says, or else they take that away from them, and then all of a sudden they owe them all this. They, the church has to go back and catalog and pay them all this money that they owe them. So that, to me too, like was kind of an eye opener about the way that the church kind of got pimped into being the simps, like but, back in the day when they were like. But if you're the Catholic Church, though, like I would be like, all right, I'll make you call my bluff. Right, right. <laughs> if you're the Catholic Church, for sure. I was really disappointed in in um, I was really disappointed in the way that the, a lot of the churches reacted to. I actually, um, I actually have noticed that in a lot of like more uh, right leaning congregations, for some reason, the leaders tend to be left leaning. It's just something I have from anecdotal experience. But well, there's this one um Christian anarchist group that I've had some disagreements with, but I also really like a lot of what they preach to call it abolish human um, archism and they take such a radical approach to christian anarchism um that they say that if you're christian and like you have kids you don't even get them social security numbers and churches like don't don't register with the state and don't don't even like like they're full like like radical agorists like don't even use the dollar like complete separation from the state entirely and i'm like now i think that's admirable to do they push it to the point where they'll be like okay well if you're not doing this you're not really christian and i'm like okay well now you're doing the dumb you're not a real christian game which i don't like but i do like the idea of pushing that because you know i think that uh the uh it'd be nice if the you're not a real christian and that you're not a real libertarian were to align like that though (laughs) (laughs) It's the same either way. Well, we've been going for uh, over an hour and a half, guys. I don't want to hold you too much longer. So, um, yeah, I mean, Jose, plug Jose and Adam, uh, guys, plug your shit quick before we go. Just uh, that way, you can, yeah. Uh, um, you Jose Galison of No Way Jose. You can find me on YouTube on all the major podcatchers. Uh, as far as episodes, uh, should be dropping next week. Uh, my fucking uh, did one with Ace on Benjamin Tucker, which is really good. Uh, the Ashton Birdie one I told you all about uh and 
yeah, that's all I could think of right now. Ace and um, Benjamin Tucker? Uh, on Benjamin Tucker. Like, we're covering the like, Benjamin oh, Tucker. Okay, okay. Yeah, we're, I'm doing, like, an Aaron Kiss handbook cool. series, podcast series. So I'm covering every one of those. Like, I, that's the Dave Smith I got Rothbard for. for I got uh, Thaddeus Russell for Emma Goldman. And I just did the, the Benjamin Tucker one. I did it with Ace. And nice. uh, it was really good. So yeah, so I'm looking forward to drop that. And yeah, Tower Gang, fucking go check that out. That's all oh, that, got, yeah. That's the greatest podcast right now. I laughed so hard at the last one with Dave Smith and the one after that. Oh my gosh. I was Did you watch the one with Angela the yet? The one after that was with me. So I, thank you. I did not watch the one with Angela yet. But Dude, the one with Angela is amazing. You have to. I asked her about her clit size. <laughs> God. By the way, you also, uh, Jose, you also have to um, give me a date in September to come on and talk about Tolstoy. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll get to you. Dude, I'm like so unorganized right now because my life's in flux. I know everyone knows I just got like a yeah. hurting cats. So, yeah. I mean, I got that too. I legit have two pregnant cats. They're probably going to be giving birth here soon. Fucking, <laughs> fucking drowning in pussy over there. So, yeah. I, 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 I kind of do it when I can. I'll, I'm very bipolar with how I schedule and like when I schedule and stuff. I'm all over the place. I'll get to it eventually. I'm working through them. Uh, we'll get to it <laughs> sounds good adam plug your shit and then we'll get out of here uh just check out if you guys are interested in comedy check out the cult of us i do with neil wood uh it's available everywhere youtube.com slash cult of us and of course for my libertarian slash pol- political podcast uh the porcupine that's also available everywhere youtube.com slash adam nutter i uh, just had jacob on uh i'm trying to get fucking jose on eventually but he just said that, so we'll see. <laughs> and then uh, I got a bunch of other great guests that are on coming on, so go check that out everywhere. It's available everywhere also. And check me out for stand-up stuff whenever I'm around. Uh, September 11th, shop on PA, right outside of Philly. Two shows, 7.30, 9.30. Come check it, check that out. Drop10.com slash events for tickets. Cool. And always, you know, guys – launching a podcast at some point because there's just not enough libertarian podcasts so just there's not we need we need at least five more and every here's my thing it used to be you're not a real libertarian if you don't have your own podcast like the bar's been raised you need at least three like you have your own <laughs> primary one and then you need to have some kind of group one you're a part of and then you need to have like a niche side project so that, that that's the new bar that's that's being raised and implemented mm-hmm. we'll reach um, that bar. yeah um, yeah, all right guys talk to you later i was gonna say you can catch me at takehumanaction.com yeah nice nice awesome yeah (laughs) actually tomorrow i was gonna say uh for those still watching um or who are watching it later uh tomorrow uh me and adam are gonna be on the uh well adam's probably gonna come in late but we are going to be on the take human action pa podcast interviewing uh tim mcmaster who's a local candidate for uh um running for office in pa so you guys can check that out if you're so inclined uh friday i have david fight coming on um from fight for liberty um so we're gonna talk about some libertarian politics shit too. Um, and um, still, uh, let's see, next week, uh, who do I got coming on next week? I got some people coming on next week. It's an, it's announced on Twitter. I don't have my calendar in front of me right now. But subscribe to the podcast, guys. Give it a, a like, uh, review if you can, no matter where you're listening. Uh, helps us out, gets the uh, 